Today's episode of Lockdown Spartans is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKDOWN, and you'll get 20% off your next order. On today's show, we are going to uh, recap a tough loss for your Michigan State Spartans against Purdue. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Spartans. It is Monday, January 11th. The year is 2021. I am your host, Will Hunter, joined by my just absolutely destroyed co-host, Matt Sheehan. It's uh, Sunday at 5 o'clock as we record this, and honestly, my irritation, frustration, and just outright dejectiveness that's even a word, uh, still remains from Friday night. Well, I, this is one of the tougher losses that I, I can remember as a Spartan fan. I, I put this in the same category as the uh, 2011 Big Ten Championship game, the 2006 Notre Dame uh, meltdown, or 07, whatever year that was, with John L. Smith. And uh, mm-hmm. most recently, the Syracuse game. Honestly, it's weird because it's the middle of the regular season game, but I, I can I can go more into it if you want me to, but I suppose you'd rather finish this introduction before I just rant and rave. And, well, this is going to be a big episode where I can rant and rave, so you really got to check me here in the next half hour to 90 minutes, however long you want to be here. Okay. I'm just... We will... I just can't believe we it. We will do that. Um, I'll check you a little bit, but it's kind of hard to be anything other than really annoyed and frustrated. It's terrible. With, with that game. Um, don't look at the win probability chart. I, I just did before we start recording. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Michigan State was like ninety six percent to win with yeah. just a few seconds left. Yep, yep. Tough, 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 tough loss. Well, we're gonna break down what happened, why everything went wrong, problems with this team, where perhaps things could get sorted out in the future. Can they get sorted out? In the future, we're all basketball all day today. That's the plan for today's show. Reminder to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. You can find Locked on Spartans wherever you get your podcast. We do this every single day, five days a week. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every single day. Matt, if you want a break from basketball, I've got it. What? what please, is, is it more Nickelodeon football? Please tell me it's that. It's not, but it. I wish it was. It is SpartansWill.substack.com, uh-huh. where I yes. yes, where I've written about Kenneth Walker, Michigan State football's newest transfer portal edition, a fine, fine football player. It is very fun to watch him play football, and so if you want to get some of the stink of Friday off of you, you can check that out. SpartansWill.substack.com Com. Matt, are you ready? Yeah, well, I'm ready. Um, go, go, go on, I'm sorry, I don't want to jump ahead here. No, you know what, I think you should jump ahead. I think you should just just let it, let it eat, let the big dog eat. So, the reason that this loss really stings, and that I do put it in a category of those games that I mentioned earlier, it, it may seem a little reactionary, and maybe it is, maybe you can uh, rein me back here a little bit, Will, but the reason I'm so miffed about a January 
game barely into your Big Ten season is because, well, I, I think it's finally time that we start to have a legitimate conversation about whether this team makes this tournament or not. The NCAA tournament as well. I, I keep on hearing that, oh, okay, well, this this uh, team's ceiling is a second-round exit. Oh, they could – this is still a, just a Sweet 16 team. Like, I, can we get on the same page and make sure we're talking about the same tournament before we go any further? Because right now, as it stands, this team is 8-4 and four overall. They have 14 games left. That means that they would have to bang out a 5-9 and nine end to their season to even just crack 500 on the year. We know that it is no secret that the Big Ten is a dogfight, Will. There are some good teams in here. Well, six of their last 14 games are going to be against ranked teams. They go to Iowa on Thursday, then they have Indiana, and then they have back-to-back games against top 15 teams, Illinois and Rutgers. Well, they had a chance to go into this nice little next stretch of the Big Ten slate here at 500, at 3-3. Three and three. Now... You're two and four. Let's not act like that. That 17 point meltdown won't sit in the back of this team's head from here on out. Because let's be honest, it's not a mentally strong team. You think that they want to have another complete colossal meltdown in the back of their heads whenever they're up the rest of the season? I don't know if this team's even strong enough to get that monkey off their back the rest of the year. So I guess this is really the the thesis of of where I'm going with this. And will I want you to really just let me know if if I'm in bounds or out of bounds here? I, I think this is a detrimental game as far as the team's psyche goes and the team's resume going forward with the NCAA tournament. They won't be favored in five games the rest of the season. They might be favored in three or four of them. They have to go five and nine just to get to 500, just to have a prayer of making the NCAA tournament in the Big Ten slate. They have issues against big men. Clearly. Uh, hey, Iowa, they got a big man. Illinois got a big man. Indiana's got a pretty good big man. Michigan's got a pretty big, pretty good big man that's tearing it up right now. Well, I, how, how does this team make the tournament now? How does this team make the tournament as they sit in two and four in the Big Ten slate? About to be two and five when they leave Iowa City on Thursday. How? Like, they, they absolutely blew it, and now that's going to derail the rest of momentum for the rest of the season from here on out. I'll save my Izzo rant for the second segment. Um, but, Will, NCAA tournament, that's definitely a conversation we could start having as adults right now, right? Well, I just checked. They're they're an eight seed in Lenardi's last update, which was uh, after their game. So that's, you know, that's just one bracket, but that's kind of... And that's with the team that's eight and four now. Their record will not get better than 6-6-6 repeated uh, into infinity. That, That win percentage will not get better from here on out either. Saying, I always struggle with being so adamantly sure about something that I could not be sure about. And I'm the opposite, I get, so perfect. I, I know. I get what you're saying. It's not a pretty look right now. Um, but you saying it will not, as if that is factual. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's rein that in just a little bit. A little bit. Okay. I have rein a hard time reining it in as I look ahead at the schedule, though. And think that you they can could just beat say, any of these teams. Try this. I find it really hard to believe that they're going to get up to a 70% win percentage or over a 67%. All right, hold on. I'll try, try it again. Okay, okay. okay. Ready? Yep, Ready? Okay. They yep. absolutely will not increase <laughs> 100%. Take it to the bank at betonline.ag responsibly and take it to the bank. They will not have a win percentage above 70% the rest of the season. How, how did that? Did I, I kind of blacked out there. How did I do? Uh, okay. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll take okay. 
Yeah, just just okay. Um, were they mentally tough when they had to play on the road at Duke and got down early? How long ago does that game seem, though? I'm just saying. That, that, that just seems saying, like it was two seasons ago at this point. This is a different team now. <laughs> I'm just saying I, I also struggle with stuff like that. I sure, think that's fine. Confidence can ebb and flow, and right now we know where it's at. I, I would struggle to say anything declarative about their mental makeup based on, I don't know, a half game against Purdue, considering they just had a really embarrassing three-game stretch and then followed it up with two wins. Yes, one against a bad Nebraska team, but absolutely buried a good Rutgers team after that. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to say they're completely incapable of bouncing back, although... It's just those kind of well, losses are contagious, man. I mean, it seems like once you have they one, can. a few start to compile, and then you have a season that's just completely nuked. Hopefully I'm wrong. I've been wrong many times, as a lot of people know, but yeah, that's that's well, just a common scene that I see with... Any way you shake it, Matt, mm-hmm. it's going to be a fight for the entire season. Like Usually at this point in the year, I don't know, save for every once every five six sometimes longer years right 2011 2017 this year pretty much by mid-january we're like okay what's the seed gonna be right what's our seed for the tournament what's our path what region yeah correct this year is gonna be one of the years where we're like oh god are they gonna freaking make it yep they're gonna be buoyed by the strength of the conference you poo-pooed that it's a double-edged sword mm-hmm. because it makes it harder to actually win. But if you can beat Illinois at home oh. in a couple of weeks, which Wishful is season. a tough ask, but as of right now, even just off this loss, by the numbers, even knowing how much better Illinois has been than them and probably will be throughout the rest of the season, like it's still a 65-35 game. Right on the road at Rutgers until Izzo wants to play Rocket Watts on Coffee Coburn for thirty-five minutes or what, whatever. Well, I'll save it for the next segment. It's bad. Everything's bad right now. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna fight you on that. It'd be silly to fight you on that. <laughs> I know. I know. And anytime you blow a seventeen-point loss, you gotta be kidding. I'm more, like I'm. I'm more miffed at the late game stuff, honestly. I, like, well, you'll, you'll really have to rein me back when we start getting into that. Yeah. But I, this was also a game that did not suit them in any way. And some of the things we were worried about pregame just played out. Now, they didn't play out exactly like, like we thought, but just because the first half went one way and the second half went a different way, like, it's still all one game, and kind of the things we pointed to pregame, like, here's where they could struggle, here's where they could get into issues, kind of played out. I'll talk about that, what I mean specifically, in just a second, but first a word from Bet Online. Yeah, Bet Online at AG. Matt? Yeah. National Championship tonight? Yeah, catch catch the, uh, the fever, Will, yeah. Catch the, can you just, like, if you're gonna, if you're gonna be this, this character... The, bring I, it. This is unfortunately who I am, though. Well, Br- just bring it one way or the other. <laughs> I can't have you sad like a puppy. I'm sad like a puppy, though. Will, what do you want from me? 
<sighs> I want you to uh, be better line at AG minus eleven. No, what is where did I read eleven minus eight and a half for Alabama tonight. Will that's that's the spread. You go. If right you now. want to lose all your freaking money on Tom Izzo and these Spartans, then go to betonline.ag. <laughs> there it is. Do I have to do your job for you too? Um. Yeah. Yeah. It, it appears that way so far. All right. I'm gonna be you. Okay. This team sucks. They're never gonna win another game. No, nah, the they'll, they'll get Nebraska. Of the they'll, they'll catch Nebraska. <laughs> They'll only beat Nebraska Thank at you. home, Thank you. and that'll be a one-point game yep. because Fred Hoiberg will feel bad about beating his son. Mm-hmm. I don't. I got nothing. There's only one place that he goes. If you want to bet, if you want to bet on the college football playoff national championship game tonight, you need to go to betonline.ag. It's one place that has you covered and one place that we trust. You can sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use promo code Locked On. One word, Locked On, and you'll get a fifty percent. Welcome bonus. You said that line's at eight and a half. Eight and a half, and like this is jaw dropping. The over under is seventy five and a half. That's I a know. healthy, oh, healthy over that under. Was, that was the play because I think it opened up around like sixty eight, seventy, Man. maybe a nice sixty nine somewhere in there. Yeah, hit that over. Um, yeah, it should be fun. We'll see what uh, we'll see what happens with that. But if you want to bet on that game, if you want to bet on the Spartans later this week. You can. You don't have to sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code LOCKDOWN. You're going to get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Lockdown Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks. All winter long. Subscribe to Lockdown Bets wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Matt. Yeah, yeah, well. Again, I just want to preface everything that I'm saying by acknowledging this situation is not good. You're an eight seed in the middle of January, and you're going to play a ton of really good teams. There are a lot of losses left to go on this schedule, and the team has not exactly inspired confidence. In the way they have played basketball, okay? Yep. All right, now that that's out there. Yep. This game was played exactly the way Purdue wanted it played. And the way it was played highlighted their strengths and limited Michigan State's strengths. Like, this team still has some strengths, Grinding it out in the half court on both sides isn't necessarily that strength. This no. game, Matt, yeah. had 61 possessions. Wow. 61. Yeah. Michigan State, when they played Oakland, had 81 possessions. When they played, they had uh, almost every game in their non-conference. One game in the non-conference didn't have at least 72 possessions. Gotcha. They like to play a lot faster. Purdue is very... Very slow. This game was completely played at their level. That's not to excuse it, but that's like, you know, Purdue's probably one of the slowest teams in the conference. Mm-hmm. So they played Rutgers, Nebraska. They're in the high 60s, low 70s. Minnesota, high 70s or mid 70s. That was a total disaster, but you kind of get what I'm saying. It's rare to play a game like that with just 61 possessions. Yeah. So that's a little bit like, okay, that's why you end up in a 55-54 slugfight. Slugfight? Slugfest. I kind of like slugfight. Slugfight. Yeah, I, I like that. Do- you know what I like better is a slugfight and a dog fest. Oh, yeah. I, I can get on board with both of those. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. 
Okay, aside from that. Yeah. Okay, this is... Who's, yeah, who who, who wants to start the dialogue? Yeah, so... We, if, okay. Hold on, hold on. We talked before the, the, the game mm-hmm. a lot about Travion Williams. And I wrote yeah, about under him. under the radar player, right, Will? Probably wasn't even on the yeah. scouting report for them. I, I, I wrote about him. We talked about him. God, he used 46% of the possessions when he was on the floor. Um, scored 26 points in 26 minutes. Had nothing going in the first half and then scored, what, like 21 in the 22, second half? 22, 22 in the second, second half. half. Yep. Just anyway. Marcus and Sissoko got to watch it all unfold. Yeah. We, we talked a little bit about this. With his ability to impact the game greatly, given yeah. that Michigan State has struggled at the center position. Absolutely. They went small. I can't believe it. For big stretches. I can't believe it. It didn't work. Bingham and Sissoko seemed to have some success. Uh, they didn't play in the second half. Bingham had the half of a lifetime. He, he had the, the half of a gut. No, I'm not going to swear today. So that is not something we're going to excuse. That is um, pretty seemingly flagrant coaching decisions. And I know Tom Izzo defended, his, defended himself in the uh, the post game. And it's not like Kithier played a lot. Kithier played eight minutes. He, he was there for the tip and then, yeah, went yeah. straight to the locker room yeah. after. Marble played eight minutes. Not a single center on Michigan State played more than ten minutes. Bingham had the uh, most minutes. That's just a complete. St- okay, so they Hold say on. what the definition of Hold insanity. Is- Come on, go ahead. I just find it hard to believe that they will approach Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, etc., with the same strategy in terms of using small lineups when you have a big that can really score on the other side. So I'm not sure the ease with which Williams kind of got things done in the second half is repeatable because he was really terrible in the first half and then he just turned into a machine in the second half. Like over if he if they had gone small on him all game he would have scored forty points, Matt. And if you go small on Luca Garza He's going to score 40 points. By, by halftime. Yeah, I don't see them necessarily rolling that strategy out again uh, when facing an, uh, an effective low post scoring big. So I'm not sure how repeatable it is. That said, dear God, that was just stupid. It was the- just dumb. The definition of insanity is what? Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result, right? Well, mm-hmm. what's what's the word for doing something? It working the very first time and then not doing it again, watching uh, something fail over and over again and not going back to the first thing that you were trying that worked out great. What what's that called? Democracy. Listen, like <sighs> Tom Izzo, love him. I would do anything for him. He's given us and the whole family anything? so much happiness. He he's the absolute man. I'm not going to do anything stupid like saying he should retire. He should be fired. Like He, he could stay here until he's 98 for all I care. It, it, shades of Mark D'Antonio's final stretch against Arizona State at home last year, though, where it's like I'm starting to wonder, like, do you are you watching the game? Like, wh- what's happening? Like, Trayvon Williams is absolutely blitzing you for 22 points in the second half. 
your 17-point lead is going down to 15, now 13, now 10, now... And you keep on trying out small ball out there. You don't go back to what was working in the first half. Bingham finally has a half where he looks pretty damn good. Sissoko is putting in work. Marvel was doing fine. The craziest part about this game, though, is in the last 16 seconds. Purdue calls a timeout. Which, by the way, uh, Tom Izzo has two more going to Iowa City that he didn't burn up at the end of the game there because he just... what Whatever. They call a timeout. They get Edie on the block for the free throw when Trayvon Williams was inevitably going to miss. Okay, so uh, Tom's probably going to counter with throwing Bingham or Sissoko out there to probably box out Edie. Why is our backup four on the block on Edie? That seems like a pretty obvious move that you should make to throw your tall guy out there to be somewhat competitive to get the rebound when a 47% shooter is on the line. Why the hell is Hall out there being tasked with boxing out a 7'4 kid? Okay, fine, whatever. Um, you have the ball out of bounds. They're scrambling like it's a fire drill out there. And you have two timeouts you don't call either. You try to throw it to Rocket at 80 miles an hour, 5 feet away. Tips off his hands. Okay, now it's their ball. Okay. Maybe let's sub Bingham. Sissoko or Marble to go out on Trayvon Williams, who everyone in the entire world knew who was going to get that final possession and ball. Oh no, you're just going to try to spin the Hauser and Hall routine once again, because that's been working great the second half. He's only scored 20 points up to that point. What the F he gets 22? Pretty high because he was scoring at will. It's like... You guys know it by now. Like, yeah, yeah, I say some pretty stupid things. I'm not like, oh, the smartest sports fan. Well, it, these decisions were so obvious, though. How can a Hall of Fame coach not realize what he's doing out there? He just let a guy walk all over his team for 22 second half points and didn't even attempt to go back to what was working in the first half. He put a six foot eight guy out there against their seven foot four behemoth, who of course muddied up the rebound and gave Purdue the ball. It's just unbelievable. I, I just can't believe it. It was the dumbest coaching I've ever seen. At least back in the Syracuse game, like the Ben Carter thing made sense. Ben Carter was finding open people. They just weren't hitting their shots. What can you do there? Yeah, you could play Jaron a little more, I suppose. But no, like th this is indefensible. What are you thinking not having Bingham or Sissoko out there? What are you thinking having Hall on Edie? What are you thinking having Hall on Williams in the final possession? And, of course, you get the ball back with five seconds. Once again, boop, 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 got two timeouts, not going to use them. Good luck on that final runner. Yeah, clickety-clank, of course, didn't go in. God. And, and say, like, oh, well, they went small ball for the offense. What? They scored 23 points in the second half. What are you talking about? It, it, it was it was moronic, stupid, and I, I really, really bad, bad coaching decision by Izzo. And, of course, this is also in the same year where he plays the wrong guy point guard the first nine games of the season. I mean, what's going on, man? What is going on? Stu I, I, and I didn't read the quotes after because I didn't want to read him try to defend his moves there at the end of the game. But I, whatever he said, just forget about it. Like That, that, that was so stupid. And. Game's entirely on him. Now you're at two and four in the season in the Big Ten, about to be two and five, and probably going to get even better from there. I would argue that the game being on him, which I don't disagree with, is probably like the best case scenario because who among this entire program mm -hmm. would you rely on the most in any sort of crunch time situations? Probably Tom Izzo. I'm surprised but, he didn't put himself out there to defend Edie or uh, Williams to end the game at that I point. I mean, he would have given him a strong bow to the groin. That we could have used that. It. Yeah, no, that's great. It was just so stupid. I, I, I can't believe it. You've made that very 
crystal clear. The I, decision. I, I literally can't believe it, though. Like the guy's in the Hall of Fame. How is how is he? Yeah, he had a bad he had a bad game for sure. The decision to not go offense for defense down the stretch during the free throw scenarios. God, is absolutely inexcusable. Like. I get it. So he said, I don't want to give up a three. Like, okay, great. You know who's not going out to the perimeter? Three of 24 from three. I know. They're a decent shooting team. They're having a really bad night. You still, you don't want to give up a three. You know who's not going out to shoot a three is Travion Williams. You know who can stand with him in the post? Anyone. (laughs) Gesture to any of your bigs that were put in work in the first half. Yeah. Give him Bingham, give him, give him Sissoko, put him on the low block. It's not like Williams is going to drag them out to the perimeter and you have to worry about their lateral movement or anything. Like it's no one just, was in foul trouble. Like, hack him away. I know he shot 8 of 12 from the line, but he's a 47% shooter. Like, hack, hack, hacks away. I mean, man. It's, it's tough. The, the, the um, hole on the block against Edie it really just melted my brain. That, that, that was some galaxy brain thinking right there. And I, I, they called the timeout. I said, okay, good. We're going to get Sissoko out there to box him out. And then Hall's right there in the block. I love Hall. He's an awesome player. This is not an indictment on him whatsoever. This is just the decision to put him out there is aggravating. He looked like us out there. I know. Standing next to Zach Edie. Of course. We're going to pause here. We're going to come right back. I'm going to tell you... What I think is like the major issue at the crux of all of this. How's that for a tease? Great. Great. First Great. A word from Bill Barr. Bill Barr. Look at you. Just bring in the effort. Yeah, here it comes. Bill Barr is the back, best baby. tasting Bill Barr is the best tasting protein bar ever, and the new and improved formula is even excuse me, even more delicious. They've got six new flavors. Here's the new ones, Matt. Hit me. Caramel brownie. Yeah. Cookies and cream. Wreck me. Cherry bar sia lemon almond cheesecake carrot cake and apple almond crisp. These bars are all covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. And they're not just delicious on your taste buds. They are delicious on your body. On the body. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. They're going to knock the socks off any protein bar you've got in the cupboard right now. The stats on these will absolutely destroy it. Like the cookies and cream bar, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs to try it. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKDOWN, one word LOCKDOWN, and you'll get 20% off your next order. It's promo code LOCKDOWN for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, Matt. Well. So, here's... What I think is the biggest issue plaguing the team from a macro standpoint, okay? Okay, I'm interested. Okay. I'm just going to read some numbers to you, and I want your reaction to them. You ready? Wait on me. 30, do you know what those numbers are? Oh boy, hold on. Let me go to Rocket Watch point totals in the season. Um, They're not. It's not that. It's not okay. All right. Those are the minutes from the twelve people. Twelve people who saw time against Purdue. Yeah. Twelve people. Yeah. Middle of January. Yeah. Heart of the Big Ten season. Yeah. You've got 12 people mm-hmm. playing at least six minutes, not one playing 
more than 30 minutes. I see where you're going here. Yeah. That, my friends, is a mess. That's not a rotation. Mm-hmm. That is a bleep show. That's, that's Michigan just a lot State. Going on. Yeah. Michigan State currently ranks 20th in the country in bench minutes. 40% of their minutes, 40.3% of their minutes come from the bench. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have in front of me the list of bench minute leaders, the teams that go to the bench the most. I'm going to read them. You tell me what the theme is that connects them all, okay? Okay. All right. Southern, Northwestern State, South, Carol- uh, South Carolina State, North Carolina A&T, Southeastern Louisiana, UC Irvine, Norfolk State, Houston Baptist, Alcorn State, Winthrop, Cal Poly, UT Arlington, Monmouth, LaSalle, Tennessee Tech, UT Rio Grande Valley, Portland State, Boston University, High Point, Michigan State, Cal State, Bakersfield, New Mexico, Charleston Southern, (laughs) Chicago State, Delaware State, Duquesne, Wake Forest, Grambling, Vanderbilt, Rhode Island, Samford, VCU, Central Connecticut, San Jose State, McNeese State, UNC Greensboro, Georgia Southern, Memphis, hey, Towson, Quinnipiac, Clemson, Denver, Navy, Prairie View, A&M, Middle Tennessee, St. Joe's, Long Beach State. Are you getting the point that I'm making? I think the thread here is like these are all schools that the only time I even think of them is when I look at the 16 seeds in Joel Linardi's bracketology. Is that? That is generally correct. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Great. Oh, man. It's, I I get it a little bit for the Purdue game because you're going to throw guys like Sissoko, Bingham, and Hall out there to, to, to guard Williams in the first half and not the second half. Like... I, I get it if you want to use the whole, quote, kitchen sink that Izzo was pimping out that he was going to do before the game. But, yeah, if you do that against any other team, like, lawyer, 11 minutes. Um, he's my boy, uh, president of the fan club. Uh, he could probably sh- shut that experiment down the rest of the year, maybe. Um, yeah. So that's not an end-all, be-all means everything number, right? No, it's not. But but generally speaking, I'm just going through the list here, and towards the other end, the Ivy League schools really mess this up because they aren't playing, so they're all at zero. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> but just scrolling through here, um, there are more good teams, more Power 5 teams as you scroll in. Villanova uses the bench not hardly at all. I know Syracuse isn't great this year, but they're up there. Oregon, Michigan, Louisville, mm-hmm. um, Duke, Butler, Marquette, like Rutgers. I'm just kind of Seton Hall, but I don't think they're very good this year. You, Creighton, they're good. Um, Virginia, Illinois, point kind of made. It's just a lot thinner from like good team to good team when you're looking at teams that use the bench a ton. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a formula. Um, like, oh, if it's X percentage or whatever, then you can be good. Like, obviously you want to have a good bench, but I would imagine there's some sort of threshold. Like, if you're at this extreme, you have no bench at all and no depth and you just have to play your starters, and that's not good. Or you're on the other extreme where your starters aren't in all that much because your rotation's a mess and you're just playing guys to play them. That's not good either. And that's where Michigan State is. They are squarely in like 
one of the extremes. And I think the middle is kind of where you want to be. Or two years ago, they were 195. The year before that, they were 132nd. The year before that, they were 53rd. So even that was a little bit more, but that was 2018. 2017, Matt, they were first in the country in bench percentage. Yeah, Matt. Yeah. So it's just something that is indicative of where their rotations are and, and really aren't right now. Can you name, uh, honestly, like name like the five most important players on the team? Well, I, I'm looking at like a lineup in front of me. I don't even know how you do get this down to eight because I think you do need I to know. go 10 deep here. Because, okay, let, let me have, let me read off what I have in front of me. Okay, so of course, the typical starting five Kithier, Henry, Hauser, Hogard, Langford. Okay. After that, Hall, Gabe Brown, Rocket Watts. Maddie Sus- now I now I have guys that are on the mm-hmm. inside looking out that are Sissoko and Marble. You need to have both those guys in there because Kithier just doesn't play enough, and the, I I think you need two big men off the bench because the five is such a revolving door. I think because it has to be. I don't think you can just stick with two guys out of the Bingham Marble Sissoko Kithier lineup. I think you do need three guys out there. Also, this means that lawyer matchup dependent. I'm sorry, what? Matchup dependent. Yeah, right, right, certainly. Right. I have Lawyer uh, on the outside, but here's the thing: it's like you have the true freshman point guard, Hogard, who's been fine this year. You also have Watts that you could use, but really, like Watts isn't that dependable at the one, as we've seen time after time. So, do you have to include Lawyer? If so, if you have to include him with Sissoko and Marble, that's eleven. That's eleven people. Like I don't. So I, I guess I don't know where is the fact that we're cutting off here. I, I have Bingham written down. I feel a little dirty doing that, especially after he had his finger wagging performance uh, in the first half. But <laughs> I, if, if we're going to start eliminating people, I think Bingham's out. I, you would want probably Lawyer out, but can you have him out with a true freshman point guard that's probably limited at twenty six minutes a game? And then Watts, who's a roll of the dice every time he gets the ball in his hands to run the offense. It's it's very tough to find out who to eliminate. You're not eliminating Hall. You're probably not going to eliminate Brown, even though uh, he only got six minutes last game. You're not eliminating Watts there's, either. It's the thing. It's like I think you're handcuffed yeah. to doing ten or eleven people. There's there's almost no separation. I know up and down the entire roster, I know. and that's an issue because there's not separation at the top. There's not separation in the middle. There's not separation at the bottom. It's like it's a really hard puzzle to figure out mm-hmm. because nobody on this team, maybe Aaron Henry's the only one. I think he's kind of approaching that territory, but not quite there. Like nobody on this team, you know, every single night is like, yeah, they're going to play 30 ish mm-hmm. minutes and yeah. they're going to be probably our best player. If not, they'll be our second best player. Yeah, drop him down like for that. 18 and seven. Right. Yeah. Whatever. It doesn't and like play good defense, score into double figures. Like who's like Henry's the only one that you can look at and go, Yep, that's probably right. Yeah, he's a close guy. He's the only yeah. player he's the only player on the team playing more than fifty eight percent of the minutes on the season. Mm. I lied. Okay. Fifty eight point one. Hauser's at fifty eight point one percent of the minutes played. He is number two on the team. Henry's the only one above 70. Last year, Cassius was near 80. Tillman was near 80. Henry was at 70. That's kind of what you need. You need three guys that play all the time, and then you rotate in your two other starters and your three bench guys, four bench guys maybe, and that's that's your rotation. They just they don't have that. They don't have a top of the rotation 
they have an entire team that is that's one top of the rotation guy and 10, 11 middle of the rotation guys. That's what they have. They have too many decent basketball players, not enough really good ones. I know. And as a collective, if you could play 12 guys at the same time, they might be the best team in the country because they don't have a really bad player. Everyone can do something. Everyone's fine. That's the issue, though. Everyone's just fine. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's just fine. And that is nice if... I don't even know. That's not nice in basketball. It's nice <laughs> if you can play all... It's nice if yeah. you can play all 12 of your scholarship players. Well, 13, Hoiberg. All 12 of your actual scholarship players. But you can't. You can only play five, and there's just not enough upside in any five that you put out there where you're like, yep, these five need to play 28-plus minutes every night. Henry is literally the only player right now. And Hauser, I think, could, in a couple weeks, we could be like, yeah, Hauser's back in that conversation because he's done it he already this season. Yeah. It's just been a few weeks since he's really done it. But in the non-con, it was like, yeah, Hauser needs to play 30 minutes. Um, so maybe he can sort of step back into that. And I don't know, maybe Langford can get back there. He was there at one point at the start of his junior season, right before he got hurt. So maybe the best, most optimistic reading I could give you is in three weeks, Henry Hauser and Langford have established themselves, are playing 28-plus minutes every night, and are your three guys that lock down the entire rotation, and two of the three are on the floor at all times. I'm not necessarily betting on that. I don't think it's a great chance that it happens. No, it could, but I, I don't, yeah. I just, I don't see it playing out cleanly that way. I think they're going to be struggling with a big rotation the entire season, but if a couple guys could kind of separate themselves, there's, you know, there's a really good potential, I guess. Not like a great potential, but it's, it could still be a really good team. I just don't know that they're going to get there because I don't think... We're starting to run out of time for that to say, like, it could be a good team. We're almost at the halfway yeah, point of the season. Yeah. yeah, you're running out of time, and it's also... It's just, it doesn't fit right. Eventually, you are who you are. You're just a team that plays 11 players and blows 17-point leads while you watch a single player on the other end eat you alive without making a single yeah. adjustment. So that's, that's just who you are. Yeah, and that said, like... God, that was so stupid, Will. Have I said that yet? I don't... I don't think they're going to beat Iowa, but we've seen them play stretches of the season where, like, yeah, this team could beat Iowa. I don't think they're going to be able to do that for no. 25 to 30 minutes against that team. Garza's going to have 36 could... and, and 13. That, that's my predicted stat line. Like, he, he's going to go Probably. absolutely bananas. He will make Michigan State's interior defense look like Southern. Yeah, it was Southern where he had, like, 40 points at halftime. Yeah, it's, it's going to be horrible. Yeah. Um, it's no, no way to, it's going to be tough no way to cut it. yeah. it's going to be tough alright that's going to do it for us here on Locked on Spartans thanks so much for listening to today's episode reminded to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast you can find Locked on Spartans wherever you get your podcast Matt why don't you give us some, some trivia here alright so it's a fact oh in 2019, the MSU baseball team played its first home game under the lights in the program's 135-year history. Go Green. This is, wish, we're, we're a baseball school now. Go Green. I wish that was a, a, some fact about how legendary Tom Izzo is. <laughs> That'd be great, yeah. <laughs>
Oh, or like uh, Jaron Jackson's block record or something like that. Like, just yeah, something about interior defense. Oh man, I hate it. I hate everything. I'm gonna be upset until Thursday, and then after that game, I'm just gonna be even more upset. I, I'm not okay. I'm not. I can't even give off the illusion. Like, oh hey, losses happen. Whatever. No, this sucks, man. God, are you kidding me? I'm fine. I'm not, but I'm fine. Go green.